Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Welcome everybody, welcome. This is our second live episode, very exciting event. Uh, as you all know, I like to quote Bill O'Reilly all the time and say, we'll do it live. We'll do it live! That's my Bill O'Reilly impression. You're probably going to hear it a bunch of times tonight. Uh, greetings to everybody who's watching us on Facebook Live right now. Um, shout out to all the people who have offered to call in. We're actually expecting a few different callers just to give people a little bit of a framework. Um, you know, this is a call-in open discussion. Generally, if you want to call, uh, go for it. We're welcome. We're welcoming anyone and we're welcoming any topics because we've decided to embrace uh, our meandering tendencies. Um, <laughs> but for the sake of some structure, um, we did hear from a lot of people. This is actually something that Emang suggested just because we've heard from so many people, so many friends of ours and people in our network, people who are parents, people who have kids. This is a very interesting time to be a parent. If you have friends who have children, you probably don't talk to them. Or if you do, they got a lot going on. That's always true, right? That's just the nature of parenting. Um, but obviously, there are a lot of questions right now. There's a national discussion about kids going back to school and whether that's safe or whether that's smart. Uh, and then if it's not safe and it's not smart, um, then what does that mean for parents who that it's be then becomes their responsibility to supervise their education and watch them while they're at home? It's a lot. You've heard all these questions before. This is a big national conversation, but we wanted to tap into our network because we know a lot of parents. Eming, you and I are not parents. I'm a cat just, parent. That's about the extent of it. She's a cat parent. I'm a plant parent. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't, that's a thing. It's not the same level of um, responsibility from what I understand as true. being this a human parent. But this is this is Ming, for those of you who are watching on video. He's I, I got a lot of plants. But, uh, you know, you give him water. Wait, what's his name? Ming. 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 named him Ming? I named him Ming. Yeah, he was. he's like a tiger a tiger plant. I think that's what it's called. And uh, Ming was a famous tiger who lived in, uh, in the projects in Harlem. Uh, I've been reading a lot about him lately, so he just had Ming vibes. So I named him Ming. I got because that's what my friends call me. I was like, "Wait, you called them Ming?" <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh Go yeah, good. That's There's a lot of overlap there too. They're in honor of our uh, fearless leader, our producer. Uh, you know, so you, uh, Ming, the plant. You, know, you were named after a tiger who used to live in the projects, but you're also named after our producer, Ming. Yeah. Not, not on purpose. I had forgotten that. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what can you say? Um, yes. From what I understand, a different level of responsibility to raise live human children uh, than to water your plants and, and put them in the windowsill. Mm -hmm. So because Eming and I are not parents and we don't want to speculate about what that's like, uh, we put the call out to our network and to our listeners for people to call in, parents, grandparents, older brothers, Kids, if you're the parent, if you're the kid who's at home, man, all these parents complaining, the kids are the ones that need to be complaining, in my opinion. And I might catch a lot of fire from the parents for this, but you I'm always approaching, know. I'm always approaching a situation as a child. <laughs> I want everybody to know <laughs> a child's mind, you know, like Jesus or Buddha or, or Forrest Gump, you know, that's, these are the people I'm comparing myself to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like that. We can, um, we can work with we, that. 
we do want to have a serious conversation just because there are so many people in our network. So many people all over the world are dealing with this right now, doing like trying their best. Every parent wants to do the best they possibly can for their kids. These circumstances are impossible. People have economic challenges. People's kids aren't going to school. They have so many questions about childcare, being in the same home together and whatever kind of like stress and difficulty that leads to. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot that people are dealing with. So we wanted to just have an open conversation. Uh, as I understand it, our friend Tom actually has called in. Uh, Tom Chappelle has called in and wants to come in. Should we, should we bring him in? Yeah. Ming, give me one second. You, you never all call right. me that. I, I can't get I've used to that. I've never said Ming before. You I, never call me. Yeah, you don't. So that's... Okay. All right. <laughs> e Ming. Is, should we have Tom in? I'm letting him in right now. Yeah. Welcome to Marjorie. Oh. What's your name and where are you calling from? <laughs> Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, hey, Tom. <laughs> this is, uh, oh, there we go. Hey, this is, uh, I'm Tom Trapel, and this is my fiance, Martelena Don. We're from Pleasanton, California. Great. Thanks for coming on, Tom. We know you. I was just messing with you when I said, what's your name and where you calling from? Well, I just wanted to sound, you know, I want to sound official. That's what all the guys on the radio say. What's your name and where you calling from? Right, yes. you know. And, um, Long-time listener, third-time caller. Yes, exactly. I've been waiting for someone to say that, too. That's really on my checklist. (laughs) uh, I gave our listeners a little bit of background, just that, you know, we're having people call in, people who are parents talking about parenting. Uh, First of all, congratulations. I didn't know that you had gotten engaged. That's huge. Congrats. You guys, for people who uh, aren't watching a video, just listening, they're a very cute couple. They really are a very Uh, cute couple. (laughs) It's true. Uh, So congratulations to both of you. Um, But from what I understand, you know, you guys wanted to chime in uh, and talk a little bit about the challenges you're having with parenting. Give us a little background on your circumstances. How many kids, where you guys live in, uh, what's going on? We've got uh, five kids between us, all boys. I have three. He has two. His uh, um, his ex lives about 45 minutes away. Um, so they go to school about 45 minutes away. My ex lives about 10 minutes away. I, um, I didn't take them out of school. So we kept the same school system they were in. So we've got uh, challenges, separate households, and also separate school systems, uh, year round. Well, you've got a lot. Let me just, first of all, let me just say five boys. Wow. As, as a formerly, as a recovering rambunctious boy, there were, there were only two of us was me and my older brother. My mom almost lost her mind. Of course. Thank God she ruled with an iron hand. I couldn't imagine five boys fun. Never a dull moment, but still, definitely have your hands full with crazy. Oh, uh, we we got some we got some comical stories between us for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. you got to write all that stuff down. Oh, so yeah. What are the unique challenges? Like, what's going on right now? Like, who's in school? Who's not in school? Are there like childcare issues? What are you guys kind of dealing with generally? Age of COVID, parents, five boys. We're pretty lucky because uh, Tom used to work from home. Uh, so we have some flexibility that way. I'm not, I am a 20 year massage therapist. So right now I'm not able to work right now. Oh, of course. Yeah. That industry in particular, people are one, don't want to invite people into their houses Two, definitely don't want to invite people in their houses to, you know, have physical contact. That's, you have a very, oh, okay. All right. Wow. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. So you, you've got a specific, uh, you know, I mean, there are a lot of jobs that 
are have a very specific challenge in this age. Anything like that, of course, has got to be difficult. I mean, I even, you know, people don't even want a plumber in their house. People will just be like, ah, toilet's broken, whatever, use the other one, you know? So <laughs> I, I can only imagine that that's difficult for you guys. Yeah, we, we couldn't live with that. We had to have a plumber a we couple did, months ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, bring the plumber in. Mask, yeah. no mask, whatever, man. Just fix the toilet. Months, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I guess I, I, it's specific to school district, but I would imagine uh, since March or April, so uh, all the kids have been at home. Is that true? Yes. We have all had uh, homeschooling and with split households. Uh, the the last semester of, you know, the, the previous school year was difficult because it, everything was in transition. Um, so this semester, Zach and Eddie are in year-round school, so they started this week. My kids still have two more weeks in summer. Yeah, and the, the distance learning is definitely different this year than it was last year. Like... I would say like the end of the school year last year was almost like a band-aid really like where it's like, okay, we'll have the kids join in on zoom or Google class, like maybe every other week to be like, this is uh, required because they weren't sure if the students, you know, would have, have the access at home. But now this semester, this school year, it is distance learning, but they are like, this is required, you know? Yeah. So like instead of maybe yeah, so instead of maybe having like an hour a day with the teacher, now Zach and Ed, especially, they're in on Zoom from eight thirty to twelve thirty in the morning, and then they have like um, like independent study work that they have to do after that. So we've got yeah, so we've got a eighth grader, a seventh grader, a fifth, fifth grader, grader, a third grader, and a first grader. Oh my God. Is that appropriate yeah. to say? Oh my yeah. goodness. And, and they're all going to be online. And so yeah. being able to support, I mean, obviously everyone's, you know, is working. Yeah. The best they can, but yeah. 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 So, yeah. so I have, I have, so we upped our bandwidth at, uh, with uh, Xfinity for Comcast and put Wi-Fi blasters around the house. So knock yeah. on wood. Yeah, in this area that doesn't have, you know, like uh, ground cable. Yeah, I mean, that's my question. I assume you you can't pass that bill along to the school district. Like, hey guys, we got five kids who need more internet. You're gonna you're gonna help subsidize this? Something to think about. Um, well, I mean, like the the internet, like Comcast has been nice enough to remove their um their data cap, so oh, okay. therefore you don't have to pay for like you know, um, thanks because of net neutrality, you know, you have data caps now on how much right. you can consume a month unless you want to pay for an extra tier. So we don't have to pay for that data, that, um, that data cap anymore. Right. So that's good. Um, especially because I'm working online 12 hours a day. So it's like, I need the internet in order to do my Microsoft team meetings or things like this. And Everybody so, in that house is working online all day. It's like yeah, one of those yeah. apartments that in Silicon Valley, you know, where you got like 10 guys living in a bunk bed, just coding all the time. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> no. And, and it's funny because it's in the morning. I'll be, I'll be on like a meeting at 8am and I'm like walking around like the principal with my laptop going, yeah. okay, you on? Okay. Yeah. Are you on? Okay. Wow. You're on. Okay. Good. Good. And he's got all the boosters, you know, I mean, we've got everything we can. Yeah. <sighs> 
That was one of the things I wanted to ask about because we've heard from so many parents, you know, about how much that responsibility has shifted, right? No matter how you do homeschooling or no matter how you do remote learning or whatever, like the majority of that responsibility is now on the parents. You got to make sure people are on task, like you're doing essentially a teacher's work, right? What does that look like? I mean, I know you're entering a new school year or whatever, but I'm kind of curious just initially, what was that like from March to, you know, whatever and, uh, until late summer, early summer already? What were you guys doing? Did you have to regulate, man? You know, where you, you had a... Well, that's why, for me personally, you know, each kid's different. We've got five. So, like, some of them are motivated to school. Some of them are not motivated to school. Like, my... That was me. That was me. Right? <laughs> I, I would have been a nightmare. Yeah. Because I volunteered in his classroom. When he was in school, he was rule follower. He would listen to the teacher. But at home... No, I'm not going to do that one worksheet. Like he had five worksheets and I had to battle with him to do one, one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I just had to like tell myself, you know, he's in kindergarten. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, you know, do educational stuff, read with him, like supplement on your own. You know, like it, it was difficult to do the balance, especially with the young ones. Like, how much am I going to battle with them and sacrifice that relationship? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and an additional, yeah, it's an additional strain, of course. You get their own, their own sense of responsibility. Of course. And, you know, the older kids do have. There was a learning, yeah, and there was a learning curve for us, too, because you, there were, like, all these different online portals that the parents had to check in or make sure that the kids were turning in their work that we were not familiar with at all. And as a 20-year butt tester, you know, besides service, I do not computer much, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I had to learn along with them. But, I, so, like, we were constantly emailing the teachers going, did he turn this in? It's like, look at this link. Da -da 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 -da. It's <laughs> all in here, you know? And I'm like, I can't tell heads for tails, like, what homework was what sometimes. And so... I mean, I, I know this year it seems like because uh, you know everybody's learning the so that you know it just it seems like that you know this year I'm you know I I'm, I have a lot of optimism about this year. No, this year yeah. seems a lot better. Like in terms of like being able to check, it seems like they like there's a better they have like the right instructions in place so that way parents and teachers can communicate at least so far it's been one week but uh yeah so far so good well that would make sense if only absolutely nobody saw this coming in the spring last year and everybody was just like oh jesus now everyone's learning at home and they had to put together all kinds of measures now they've had a few months uh to try and figure it out to put a plan in place so i i appreciate i i too am an optimistic person and i appreciate your optimism i think that's the only way to approach something like this you know right uh, I think I'll, I, everyone yeah yeah, I was I was only going to ask very quickly. Uh, you know, do you guys have detention? That's like that's my number one question. Because <laughs> you know, you got you got five boys. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was just thinking to what extent are you like? Oh, I got to put my teacher hat on. I got to put my parent hat on. Now you you're saying you're the principal going around making sure everybody's on task. You know, how do you get suspended? You know, for instance, you know what I mean? <laughs> we haven't crossed that bridge yet, yeah, but. <laughs> no. We got all well, different kinds, but now I've got one um, you, uh, a special learner with an IEP, you know, yeah. my middle son. So, yeah, I mean, there's like challenges with all of them. Luckily, 
I'm able to work part time. You know what I mean? But he can't, you know, he works full time. Yeah. So even well, you are, home, yeah, you are working from them. You're working from home, right, Tom? You're able to do remote. Weren't you kind of working from home a little bit already, or did I get that wrong? Were you were you a remote worker before this, or is this? A new thing? No, no. I mean, I okay. had the option to. I mean, if it if worse came to worse, I could always do my work online. But yeah. um, no, I have a. a you were a, a commuter. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. company gives them every other Friday off in the summer. Yeah. Not bad. But uh, yeah, no, they, they, a lot of people, they expect you to be in the office, you know, under mm-hmm. normal circumstances. And I appreciate being in the office under, because it's a lot easier to go to the person right next to you and ask them a question as opposed to having to type out an email and then wait to get back. Now yeah. you multiply that times like 15, 20, you know, when you're dealing in work. And then it's just like, you know, you're basically spent like answering emails to yeah. like all yeah. day. And then you're like, you still got to get your work done. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, what I was going to say is I hear family vacation and I think, you know, the Griswolds, you know, you, you load up the uh, <laughs> the station wagon, <laughs> you know, you drive across the country, all kinds of antics. I love a family vacation. This is a very unusual time to take a family vacation, but in some ways, maybe more important. You guys got to get out of the house. You got to get some fresh air, whatever. What is it like to go on a family vacation, Griswold or otherwise, uh, in the midst of a, of a pandemic? And I'm sure there's probably a two-hour answer to that, but you know, so <laughs> give us a short answer. I, I, I would say we did not take like a normal Griswold family vacation where we got into a minivan and just like went somewhere local. Like we did something that was like, I think beyond extraordinary for this time. And like what we did is we took a flight we flew from San Francisco Bay Area to Southern Missouri and spent a week at Lake of the Ozarks. And so, like, it was a little bit, it was definitely different than what, and it, like, going, traveling during this time right now is surreal. It is like a science fiction movie in some ways, like, because um, we went from SFO to Denver to Kansas City and then drove from Kansas City to Southern Missouri. And I mean, to see how vacant SFO was, you know, just like we went on a cruise two years ago and then like our flight was at six in the morning, but we went on a cruise two years ago around that same time. And there was a lot more people. Sure. Yeah. But it was just like, it was surreal not to see anyone traveling. Right. I mean, nobody, nobody's flying. It's 28 days later, man. You know, this is, this is a zombie movie. No one's, no one's anywhere. <laughs> Um, the trip was planned over a year ago and so we're like do we go do we go you know um, there was that brief period where you know restrictions let up and uh, we were allowed to book flights we were coming from a place where we live uh, the outbreak is very low and, and we were going to a place where the outbreak is very low I did the research Within a 93-mile radius at this place we were going, at the Lake of the Ozarks, there had been three deaths and 60 um, cases. And that was in the very beginning of the outbreak in March or whatever. But so there had been very... So this area we were traveling to had very low cases. We were traveling with my cousins. It was like a family thing. Two of them are doctors. Two of them um, run a dialysis 
clinic and and they have a special needs son who gets feed gets fed through a G tube. So um then they all said they had you know as long as we wear our masks and wash our hands and use our you know um masks and yeah, like, we just as long as we follow you know, the rules they they were comfortable with it and so for, there was a lot of anxiety absolutely and our family all from all course, sides of course and we are we are a blended family so my ex actually uh, filed a temporary he wanted to get temporary to uh custody when, was that because said, he didn't th- was that because he didn't think the vacation was a good idea or was that because yeah oh because okay. of the air travel yeah yeah he said i was being an irresponsible mother and yeah. uh, he took us to court actually and the court ruled no that yeah. we could travel and wow. we so we took us very seriously and it's been uh we got back a week a ago, week ago. So what, I mean, what's, what's your takeaway? You were like, we, we took the right precautions. We were safe. We got to have our vacation. Yeah. It was good. It was I, worth I also, it. Yeah. I also want to add. Like, I think it was worth it. Um, oh yeah. It was totally like we worth it. We did our research. Like, obviously, you know, we would never have planned a vacation at this time, but the vacation was already planned. And so we did our research. We did, you know, the risk analysis and we decided that it would be okay, and, you know, like. Okay. And I want to add um, a, lo- a couple of the people that we talked with. Like my aunt is uh, has worked for United Airlines as a flight attendant for fifty years, and she's, she's still, still flying right now. And she's she flying is. from LAX to Honolulu and, Honolulu and Denver, and she, I think she's seventy five. And she's seventy five. Wow. She walked with her. Yeah. We went, and she was like, "Okay, you know, as long as you wear your mask, you you know, you wash your hands." You, <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, it was obviously a big risk and we didn't post anything on social media or anything like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is an interesting time because there's such a like a, a spectrum of opinions about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And there's so much judgment attached to decisions that people make. It's it's very different than, you know, uh, being a parent a year ago where you're like, ah, I made this decision for our family. It seems like the right thing. Everything's kind of loaded and everybody seems to have an opinion and a different one <laughs> and, and usually <laughs> critical. So it's hard to make your own decisions, even if you're an informed parent taking the right precautions. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I want to add, it's like, it's not like we don't take COVID-19 seriously. We do. We, like, we have sheltered a place. We sheltered a place for like four months. You know, in the month of May, I traveled 17 miles. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's clear. I think a lot of people are in the situation where you are taking it very seriously, wanting to make the right decisions, but also making other calculated decisions and informed risks. But yeah, that's, um, that makes sense. I'm glad you guys were able to do as in terms of a vacation. I mean, I know it wasn't a Griswold family vacation, but you, know what, you guys got to hang amazing. out at the lake. Great. It was amazing. It was amazing. We, amazing we got yeah. to have it in the middle of 2020, you know, like, yeah. um, I, de- we def- I definitely feel privileged and for sure. Yeah. You know, we no. plan on, we're getting married September 25th. We're yeah. Having we're having a backyard marriage. You know, like if, if people can come, they can come. If they can't, they can't. You know what I mean? We just really wanted to get married. Yeah. That's great. So That's great. Well, I, I'm really happy for you guys. First of all, engagement and marriage, beautiful thing. You love to see people in love. 
Uh, and also, you know, that you guys found like a safe and responsible way to get out as a family after months and months of, I'm sure, being stacked on top of each other and kind of being in a house together and dealing with the stress of, you know, having to be a teacher and a principal and a parent and work and everything. Yeah, people need vacations, man. It, it is important. And, and, you know, it's it's good to hear that you guys uh, found a responsible way to do it. I'm I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, it was incredible. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, and, and it's like, I, I do feel very privileged that we were able to go during this time and see not only like what it's like to travel during this time in a safe manner, but also see what the rest of the other country is doing too. So I yeah. can see what other people are acting. And like, it was, um, it was definitely, it was just like, it, it was a very, very moving experience. My relatives have not the health industry, you know, they're like, COVID isn't going anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, I think what they were saying, we, we need to responsibly, you know, yeah. let, let ourselves be. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for calling in. Thanks for being our first callers on our second ever live show. This is very exciting. Congratulations on both of you for the engagement. And if I don't see you or talk to you before September, congrats on the wedding, backyard or otherwise. Um, and good luck with the new school year and good luck with all the kids and hopefully no detention. Sounds like you guys are figuring it out with that. <laughs> um, but thanks again for calling in and, and congratulations to both of you guys. Well, well, yeah, well, and we'll keep you posted on any um, like backyard bullying or anything like that. Yes, yes. Yeah, so you got to watch out for the schoolyard stuff too. You got to watch out for that. <laughs> and we're gonna have to decide who's gonna be the yard duty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough job. Great. All right. Thanks again. Thanks again for calling in, guys. Take we'll care. Take care. All right. Bye. 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 Well, that was adorable. That was. That Did was you know that Tom was engaged? No. Is I this like a social media thing I should have known about? No, I didn't know. I, I know they've been together a while, but I didn't know. Yeah, that. I knew that he had a partner and he was yeah. telling me, he told me all about his blended family and yeah. stuff. He may have mentioned it. Now I feel bad. I, you know, I, I, I well, anyway, she's delightful, obviously. <laughs> Uh, a perfect pair of those two. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy for them. You know, it's it, this is a lot, man. This is a lot for anybody to deal with. And it sounds like they're an example of people who are uh, making it work. You know, five boys, five boys. I, know, I can't even. No. Five boys. I, I am a rambunctious boy and I don't know if I can handle five boys. That's yeah. a basketball team. That's a, that is a starting basketball team. <laughs> Half of a basketball team. Is it, how, how many? The six? I don't know. I can't. Five. It's been so long since I've watched a game. I don't remember how many people are on the court. <laughs> They're playing again. You can watch your NBA. I'm sure your dad is watching. No, we uh we got um the NBA uh 2K 2K game on uh, PS4. Some men's been playing that. And nice. he this like long this like kicked with like long ass arms. And I'm like, and he's like hella short. And I'm like, why did you make yourself so short? <laughs> hey, you know, you laugh, but Allen Iverson. Was, I know, I know. I think five foot ten. And had a had a wingspan, yes, outrageous yes, yes. wingspan. That's why yes, I was there. And you know yes, what? I think I think Min likes Allen Iverson because he only ever wears, wears Allen Iverson sneakers. From what I can recall, his favorite shoes were the Reebok Questions. Oh, I think you're right. Lights. I think so you might be right. Shout out to Min for loving Allen Iverson. Okay. Um, on line one, we have Katiba. Oh, Katiba. I, I like saying that on line one. Like, like we have like so many lines. That yeah, sounds very good, Katiba. Hello. Welcome to Margin Call. You are on the air. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. Good. 
Well, thanks for calling in. This is all very exciting. Are, are you as excited as I am to be having like a live call in or am I just a very excited person? Uh, yeah, I'm super excited. I, <laughs> I see you guys talking, but you're also talking to me. I'm so confused. Oh, well, I mean, I guess you could be watching it in stereo, right? You could be have you could be watching it on Facebook Live and have us in your ear on the phone, in which case it would sound like we were in two different places. Yeah, you might ha- is it on the computer um, right now? Um, I'm calling you on my phone. Oh. And I'm watching you guys. I guess okay. that's what makes up. Okay, okay. I think probably put one on mute. Them. Probably the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, y'all are on mute on the computer. Okay. Perfect. Just so you know, guys, Katiba is our tech person. She's been on the show many times before. Um, you know, she's our kind of go-to Silicon Valley reporter. And we just gave her some tech advice. So how about that, Eming? What do you think? <laughs> Pretty good. Well, no. I, I like to think that I helped create the techness that is current Katiba because she was my intern for like Ooh. three. How many years is that? Two. I don't remember. Three. Three. Yeah. Kind of social construct. That's true. (laughs) Currently, yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's always been. It's just we're just really reminded of it right now. Uh, Yeah, Katiba. Did you know when you called in that I was going to make a joke about tech and then Eming was going to take credit for your success? Were you? Is that what you were expecting (laughs) when you called in? No, I was baffled by (laughs) how long it took me to understand. I mean, I'm a tech guy. I know. So, I know. It's okay. Awkward. We all have we all have small hiccups. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I think I, I think know. I do. Well. Right now. <laughs> Why am I hearing it twice? Oh, all right. So um, uh, we wanted to have kind of a twofold conversation tonight. We're talking a little bit about parenting. So we just had uh, Tom and his partner who came on to talk about get this Katiba. If you didn't hear it, five boys, five boys in their house in COVID. Uh, that is a zoo. That is it is not. It is. <laughs> it's a zoo. It's, I like that. They also. need the Purple Heart Award. Is that what? <laughs> yeah, Purple Heart. I think is injury. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there have been injuries. That's for sure. Oh, my boy. No, whatever the award, the medal. Congressional Medal of Honor. People. Yes, they need there a congressional. Or, yeah, Presidential Medal of Freedom. I think is the other one. Yeah. yeah, they deserve it. They've earned it. Um, but we're also having a tech conversation tonight. It's part of the reason we're glad that you're able to be here. A lot of stuff going on in the tech world. Two things. Uh, feel free to talk about whatever you want. But obviously, all the big uh, GAFA people. I say GAFA. Do people in Silicon Valley say GAFA? Or is that a, a European thing? Katiba, it's for Google, Apple, I'm, Facebook, and Amazon. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, there was another... They call it like... Facebook, Uber, it's like FungU or something. So oh, FungU. There, there are a lot of acronyms floating around in the tech world. But yeah, from, what yeah. I, from what I understand, these, these big four are known uh, as, as GAFA. Google, yeah. Apple, Facebook, Amazon. Anyway, those guys had a lot of questions to answer this week. Um, yeah. And they really, you know, this is the first time I've seen Democrats and Republicans really kind of getting along, you know, because they both wanted to go in on these guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a lot of concerns, you know, personal and otherwise about privacy. I think I think about this stuff about as much as most people 
which means not as mm-hmm. much as I should be, but I still think yeah. about it. Um, but I still just thought, damn, y'all are really going in on these, on these guys, man. I almost kind of felt bad for them. I said, you know, they're kind of like building the world that we live in. Not that there aren't problems about privacy concerns and antitrust and all that kind of stuff, but it just seemed like this is the thing you guys are agreeing on. You got, you can't agree on like a relief bill for COVID you guys like, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? But you can all agree that we hate tech. It, it felt very old to me. Do you know what I mean? It felt like a very grouchy. It feels out of touch. It does. It does. So I, that's partly what I wanted to talk to you about. Like, I, I don't know to what extent you actually watched the hearings or read about them or talked about them or whatever, but I'm just curious what your takeaway is as a person who's actually working in Silicon Valley. Like, are they asking the right questions? Um, are some of these like, you know, tech executives, uh, people who should be held to task? Like what, what's your take as someone who's kind of on the inside of these guys getting called to task? So it's it's kind of hard because I think a lot of my peers and I, we've almost like are dismayed by these like little moments. Like, for example, AOC grilling Zuckerberg, while it's empowering and everyone's sharing it, it's just kind of like, okay, and what? Like this for makes for like a really cute video. And so we're like, you know, on Twitter, I knew it was going around and everyone was like, my God, he won't even answer a single single question. Like this guy, for someone who's so smart, it's a yes or no. And it's like, no, he's not going to answer it directly. Like he's not dumb. I think this is all an act, to be quite honest. And if honestly, if I was in his position, I'd be the same way. If I have to project this kind of image, um, it's like kind of awkward and you know, and everyone is like making fun of how he's like congresswoman, congresswoman, congresswoman. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. So um, I did see a little like parts here and there. I, I read the whole article um, about how he, you know, wants to like neutralize the competitors. Um, I found it really interesting though, that when he bought out Instagram, he gave them like this opportunity to like be independently run to some extent. Right. And that had to be like, and I know, oh my goodness, who was also offering? I believe it's Twitter. Twitter is also trying to buy them out. And it's like, you know, it sometimes it goes beyond the money. It's just like still having your agency and whatnot. So it makes me think about like how easy it is to just get acquired, mm-hmm. right? And how easy it is to like have your idea stolen, truly like ripped away from you. Because, um, it's hard. I think I think all of this kind of makes you feel, I don't know about y'all, but it makes you feel like, damn, there's just powerful people and, you know, you, you either join them or you kind of get stolen from or you're just simply a user. So that was yeah. depressing. Is, you know I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's a very appropriate context here is that, you know, we've seen a lot of antitrust historically and in a lot of ways, everybody's a consumer, right? Like they had dealt with uh, oil companies, you know, a hundred years ago, it's like, all right, you guys all are operate joint operating agreements and you're driving up the prices together or whatever. Um, and, you know, everybody was using gas, but, um, you know, I use Facebook, Apple, Google, and Amazon. I think it's fair to say like in some way or another, if you include Instagram in that, like, I think every day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's a huge part of my life. And I'm not really a very techie person. Like I don't really use social media that much. And I don't, you know, um, 
But these are companies that are like fully enmeshed in our lives in a lot of ways kind of define our lives, which is very different from like a corrupt oil company that's just like, yeah, I got to use a car yeah. every day. You know what I mean? So it is a different, mm-hmm. it almost feels like you have to approach it in a, in a completely different way because, you know, I always feel about this, like I, I'm a San Francisco native. I grew up in San Francisco. Obviously, it's very hard to see how that city has changed as a result of tech. And a lot of my friends who grew up, there are always like, man, I hate these techies, man, these damn techies. But like, I usually see them doing that like they're on instagram saying like fuck tech you know what i mean like and i i feel like we need a little more context there where it's like what are you really mad at like these are the tools you use every day like is it that you don't like technology or is it that you're upset about how your city is changing or you just can't come to terms with like how these tools are just an extension of you now you know and yeah in some ways i heard a lot of that from uh the people who were at least asking some of the questions. AOC, I guess. I think AOC is a little different because she's like young and she kind of actually understands tech. But a lot of the older people who were asking questions, this happened the last time Zuckerberg came up. Like they didn't even know how to ask a question because they didn't understand how the tools worked. You know? Yeah. They were asking about like, it's funny now, like in light of how Trump is trying to like ban TikTok, everyone's like, you do realize all these other American companies also sell your data. It's just pointless to, to do that without banning everything. So it's kind of frustrating because I don't know, you, you have like outdated folks in Congress. Everyone's frustrated with the government response to COVID as we should be. And this is being tackled now feels so wrong and um, I mean it's fascinating when you're just reading it but it just begs the question like can we just have this conversation maybe when we're not seeing a spike in cases (laughs) can we just you know like have this a little bit later because like again I'm reading about it on the verge and there's like a link to Twitter and Facebook so yeah it just like, yeah, right. You, you, write a hate piece, you write a hate piece about like, oh, these companies are tyrannical and they have too much power and like share this on Instagram, you know, like, <laughs> at the bottom. It's amazing. That's exactly, I think, the point I was trying to make. I mean, I agree one with what you're saying about like priorities. Not that this is not an important issue, but uh, somehow there is one issue that is much more important, which is that people are getting sick and people are dying and people are out of work and we don't have like a comprehensive federal response to it right so although yeah yeah, i I think i'm totally with you it's like the the timing just seems off and part of the reason i think is like this is low-hanging fruit right like everybody it's it's fun to hate you know you love to hate the tech companies right so much fun to make fun of mark zuckerberg in some ways i feel Mm -hmm. like you know for for congress they're like oh there's like another group of people in the country that's more hated than us like why don't we bring them out so that we can ridicule yeah you mean what do you say tom has a comment Tom, oh, Tom. Says, the data issue is primarily what laws like GDPR and CASL are all about. I don't know what that means. Does anyone know what that means? <laughs> I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta look to Katiba on you oh. for this one. Anything? <laughs> I know about yeah. the, oh my God, oh my God, what is it called? What is it called? The GDPR. Um, that's like privacy laws in the, in like the EU. Oh, okay, so those oh, are the ones. Okay, I remember I when those got put in place. I think it was the beginning of 2019 or maybe 2020 because I just remember all of yeah, a sudden. Yeah, tech companies had to like change how yeah. they shared their data, especially, yeah. and everyone had to like acknowledge that. 
Yeah. It didn't mean anything except that every website I went to had a pop-up that said, this site uses cookies. Do you agree? You know, do you agree? And I just always put agree. It's like, you know, I mean, I hate to use this example, but, you know, if you're like not 18 and you like visit like a porn site or something, they're going to say like, are you 18? You'd be like, oh, of course I'm eight. You know, like you, you just click that button without thinking about it. I think most people, yeah. not that that regulation isn't important. And, and I'm sorry that I used a pornography example, but uh, <laughs> so I, I do. I do apologize. It was the first thing that popped in my head. But it's wrong the same crowd, kind of, Russell. Wrong it's crowd. The same kind of thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just mean like there so many things that we do absentmindedly. It's like, I don't know. Anytime I download software, they're just like, you know, there's a whole um, contract that you're supposed to review and sign at the bottom, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened to me once when I was at the Apple store, cause I was doing a bunch of, you know, cause I'm an idiot. So I went to the Apple store. I was like, Hey, my phone's not working. And they're like, well, have you upgraded it? You know? <laughs> so I had to do that with the genius person. Um, cause I was just that day. I was just, I'm, I was an old man, but you know, I like to read things before I agree to them, at least scan them. You know, I, I work in the legal profession. So in front of the guy, I was like looking at it. I was like kind of scanning it. He's like, no, no, no. Just scroll to the bottom and click. Okay. You know, nobody reads, nobody through. reads that shit, bro. What, what are you a hundred years old? Nobody reads that shit. You know? Um, so it does, it raises another question about regulation, I think, which is one, um, technology is always going to be so far ahead of regulation because what it's doing is so new that none of the laws that we've had already regulate it. So it's always going to take years to catch up. And, or are you gonna well, say- that's the thing. I, I, would, I would counter that. I feel like, one, we have information about how Facebook and all these other tech companies collect data. It's not like we're, you know, wool over, is it wool over your eyes, whatever the saying is? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... So it's just a matter of like, we know this, so let's like pen to paper, like, or I guess we're typing up everything now, but like, let's seriously make some like requirements, like actually make these companies, you know, like if, if Trump can, you know, say that he'll ban an app, right? Because I think, you know, he get, people make fun of him on it or whatever. It's like, I don't understand why you just can't make this like, like why, you know, like, for example, you need permits for certain businesses and licenses. Why have we just gone to the point where we do the same for these tech uh, giants? I don't understand. It's like y'all to open a business, y'all make us fill out millions of paperwork. I mean, to change one little thing, you know, all types of zoning. Why are we scared of approaching these companies? Well, I, in some like ways, it, it, feels, it feels like competing instincts, right? Like I think the classic um, partisan approach to industry, capitalism of any kind is like Republicans are like, no, we don't want regulation because that stifles growth. You know, Republicans are always like, get rid of the red tape, get rid of the red tape, right? Uh, and then I think, you know, more liberal people are like, we need regulation because capitalism needs some checks. You know what I mean? You can't just go out there and do whatever you want to make money. But it seems like uh, they're not even applying that here. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like there weren't Republicans in the room who were saying like, oh, no, we shouldn't regulate tech because tech is a huge growth industry. It's it's a huge part of the reason that the United States is so wealthy. I mean, I would say it's the equivalent of what our auto industry was like, you know, in the 40s and 50s and 60s in in terms of growth generation, globalization, GDP and all that kind of stuff. So I would expect some conservatives to say, oh, no, we don't want regulation. And then liberals to say, well, you need some regulation because they're taking people's data. We need to protect individuals, but they're not even having that conversation. They're really just. That's the thing. It seems like they're just like, it's like, it's too big. We can't handle it. 
Um, it won't work. And let's not even start. And that's frustrating because it's like, hey, we're all on it to run for Congress. You need to have a Twitter presence and a Facebook presence and all these other ones. So it's like, you know, we all we all have our hands dirty in some way, basically. So it's, you know, like you, it's hard. I, I just don't understand. It's okay. Like it, it would make sense if this was, when did Facebook start? Like 2007? Or six a little or earlier. I like, think that's when they stopped. Oh, yeah. You used to have it used to have to have an EDU, but yeah. I think they changed from uh, EDU around 2000. That was super exclusive. Yeah, that was back in the well. My <laughs> MySpace was still king back then. <laughs> or Friendster. That's the thing. Like, Friendster. 2007, 2008. Like we still don't understand it, but now like there are, you know, data science is a popular major across the country, and. We clearly have like think tanks about all this stuff. We have these conversations, there's trends, and there's people more engaged. I mean, Congress is, you know, chewing them out. And so it just, it makes sense that the next phase would to, to do that. But it feels like everyone is still trying to grasp like where to even ask questions or everyone is hoping for, God, I, I sound so frustrated with government, but I am, but it's like, it, these these questions just seem like it's, uh, I don't know, like it's material I mean, for think, their next election. Like, oh, she yeah. really owned them. He got yeah. her. Trying to he, get points. Wow, we really own. Yeah, it's like woke points. And I'm like, I appreciate the effort, but yeah. y'all, come on. <laughs> like, well, I think part of it, again, I, I'm kind of leaving AOC out of this conversation, but just like overwhelmingly, you know, let's look at the, you know, the two people who are gonna, probably going to be running for president in November. They're they're both uh, white men in their you know seventies, eighties uh, even. I, those guys are old, man, very old. Anybody who has a parent or a grandparent or is a parent or a grandparent just knows like these tools are challenging, right? And I'm not saying that to like make fun of people who are you know older or something. I just mean like these tools are complicated. And if you're someone who is 16 years old right now and you're whatever a quote unquote digital native, then that kind of stuff's going to make funny make make sense to you, not only as a user but also conceptually. And so, you know, it's the equivalent of like, you know, your family thinks you're a genius if you like change the input on the TV. So yeah. you, you know what I mean? It's like everybody, yeah. everybody in Congress and everybody in Washington is like your grandparent who doesn't know how to change the input on a TV. And they're the ones who are asking the questions of uh, these executives, you know, which is a huge part of the problem. And, and my, this is not a conspiracy theory, but my theory that has, you know, conspiratorial elements, let's say, is everybody's mad at Washington for not handling COVID. Like they've done as bad a job as you could possibly do, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, in yep. this national response. Everybody hates them. And, you know, these guys are low hanging fruit. It's like tech people are like, they're, they're like Nickelback or they're like Guy Fieri or something. It's like <laughs> yeah. everybody, everybody loves to make fun of them. Everybody's like, oh yeah, Mark Zuckerberg's an idiot. Let's all make fun of Mark Zuckerberg, you know? So it's like very easy for Congress to just invite people who are less liked than them. And as you said, score points for the election, you know, like I'm the one who held the tech industry to task. Like, not really, you know, just because you called them up there and roasted them a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm with you, Katiba. I think you've helped me to understand this better and also kind of like said what I'm thinking in a better way. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. It's just I wish they had. It's like it's like there's definitely folks, you know, within tech who are frustrated with how things are running. And I just wish they would consult with them to make sure they're asking the right questions. And 
it's like you have all these like, you know, tech friendly folks who know what they're talking about and understand like how these companies run, whether they're in them or not. And it's like no one's asking them or getting their input. And you can ask, like, just to, I guess, help you prep in some way. Um, So it just feels like the conversation is so limited because they they only bring their knowledge outside of AOC, right? And it's, again, so limited already. Um, But at the same time, you know, dang well that there is um, young folks running their social medias. Like you just have to have young folks running your social medias. Talk so to them. it's like you could yeah, exactly. Like within your own circle. You don't gotta go to some outside consultant, like yeah. literally ask your intern. Yeah. Well, that is a very, you're making my job easy because that is a very good transition to the next question I wanted to ask you, which is about this 17 year old kid in Florida who was arrested for this Twitter hack. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, not Twitter, TikTok. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Twitter. I'm sorry. Different thing. My bad. That's fine. It's hard to keep track, <laughs> man. My brain you, you hurts. Could, you, could, you could be in Congress, Emang. You'd be like, what, what is a Twitter? What is a TikTok? Oh, I don't want to be on yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know to do there yeah. either. I'm with you. I, it's a miracle that I got that sentence out with the right information. Good job. But what I, what I loved about it was, first of all, everybody's like, oh my God, it's it's North Korea. It's got to be, you know, it's, it's Iran who's attacking us. You know, I was like, no, dude, it's a 17-year-old who knows how to use these tools better than anybody else in the world because he's a digital native like his his youth speaks for itself and his youth also speaks for itself in his ambition where he was like okay i have access i can hack into anybody's twitter account what am i going to do hey uh let me get some bitcoin dog <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah like got, got, I got like $180, yes oh, yeah exactly and there there's, there's a lot there there's we all, we have a limited amount of kanye west references that we're allowed on the show so let's keep track that's one that's one <laughs> but that's drake yeah. No, there's no limit to how many times I can talk about Drake. All right. Everybody knows that. Those are the rules of this show. But my question to you, Katiba, is like, what is the takeaway uh, from like, there's, there's got to be a relationship that I, there's a connection that I'm not making between these oblivious 70 year old white men in Congress who don't know how to ask a question and a 17 year old who can completely undermine one of the most powerful communication tools in the world. Like help me, like, shouldn't we just get this 17 year old kid and ha- put him in the president's cabinet and ask him how to <laughs> sort things out? Like, isn't that, wouldn't that be a good enough punishment? Like you have to be in Trump's cabinet kid. Sorry, you broke the law, but you can you just, now have to like regulate. <laughs> I mean, is that, is that a reasonable solution? Not this kid in particular, but like bringing in people who know, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like what I talk to folks like, cause I'm in the fraud prevention space and I always like tell folks, I'm like, you know, these fraudsters, they are so innovative and so creative. I mean, we have to use machine learning to keep up with like the types of fraud they commit because every time it's something new and hacks like these, you know, are only just like one of the few, like one of the few stories that you hear, right. Cause only just because it's so huge. And, and it says over here, like they hit up prominent people. Right. If he did this to like your average Joe on Twitter, um, we wouldn't hear about it. You would just have to complain to Twitter and be like, hey, this happened. And they just like reset your password or something. Right. But it's because it's big enough people. The difference between this kid, he's 17, meaning he's been using social media since he was born. His whole life. Yeah, his whole life. Yeah. Like he's been engaged in all of this. So he was like. Oh my goodness. 
What does that mean? Was he born in like 2003? Yes. Oh, that's yes. so weird. You, you did the that math. That's so correct. wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, you said MySpace was happening then. So, and then by the time he was like old enough, Facebook was popping and Tumblr and Twitter and yeah. everything. Oh my God, Goodreads. Oh my God. Um, that one. Yeah. Shout out to Goodreads. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's just like, you know, yeah, it, people like this, you know, I'm, and I don't think, I mean, I don't know his background, not that much, but um, it's it's almost, in, it gives you an insight to like, y'all are dealing with youth who really know what they're doing. And they are, I guess, to, you know, these lawmakers, especially since he got such egreg- egregious, like, you know, um, what, what do they call it? Oh my God, when they punish someone, whatever. Um, I'm not really good with legal stuff, but um, because they like laid it on, you know, how much trouble he's going to get into. It's like, you know, he's like one of many kids who you have yeah. to watch out for. And I think that's why they're punishing him so severely. Mm-hmm. Besides, of course, like stealing money, right? Like if he just hacked mm-hmm. in and, you know, leaked some messages here and there, like happens mm-hmm. to celebrities all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then they'd apologize to the notes app. <laughs> so, but it's like when you hear about what these kids did, like uh, for the Tulsa rally for Trump, when they bought up all these like non-existent tickets, right? Um, or like reserved them. It's like y'all need to be careful. Like these yeah. kids don't play around, and you're you're ruining their lives by not responding properly, by not funding their education, um, access to technology. It's like. I'm not surprised this happens. I'm just not because it's so easy to learn this. And again, these tech giants, I'm sure you watch a bunch of YouTube videos on how to hack and stuff, which is so funny because what if we did that to YouTube or something? Yeah, there's levels. There's a lot of levels. I watched this how to hack YouTube video on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) You would would think they might want to take that down. Right. And there's like threads on Twitter that teach you anything and everything. Well, I really like that point. I mean, we do um, always try to have young people on here. The younger, the better. Um, Because obviously that's an insight that we don't really get. If you look at mainstream media, everybody's talking about like, oh, what should we do to send kids back to school? I haven't heard one kid. I haven't heard one kid interviewed about what he, you know what I'm saying? Like what they think should happen for school. Like, do you feel safe? You know, high school, sophomore, be like, you just don't, that voice is, is glaringly absent and it's in our DNA to try and highlight those voices. But, you know, part of the reason we don't hear much about young people or young people don't really uh, get accurate representation is, you know, you can't vote till you're 18, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not saying that people should vote younger or anything, but it's, it's telling that, you know, the group that is probably the most subject to government regulation, right? It's like you go to a public school, everybody's passing laws about you without your input, you know, um, yep, don't yep, really have a yep. political voice. And as a result, nobody listens to them. So in some ways, this feels a little bit like, you know, w- what you're saying is like, this is their political power. They, In some ways, like young people have the ability to seize a, a power which is independent of our power structure and actually more powerful, which, I mean, we've right. seen a lot of examples of like of that. I mean, domestically, I guess I'm thinking internationally, like Arab Spring, for instance, you know, it's like those weren't all young mm-hmm. people, but, you know, those were people who like use tech tools, which are more powerful than whatever communication tools they had, whatever in Egypt or any of those countries um, in order to mm-hmm. build a revolution, 
you know, and yeah. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, you know, we need to have our, our version of that here. I think we did very briefly occupy shout out to occupy. Remember that? <laughs> um, yep. but it's a reminder that these tools can be extended to people who are excluded, who have been denied political power and are excluded from the political process. They can kind of seize it using, um, these communication tools, which don't have the same kind of regulation. I, I like that idea a lot for, for this kid in particular. I don't know if you guys, the, the kid in Florida, did anybody see catch me if you can Leonardo DiCaprio yes. movie? You guys yes. remember Great movie. True story. You know, he, this guy, this kid was, uh, I don't know, 16, 17 years old. Uh, and he learned how to pass fake checks and you know, he lived a fake life, but the way that he funded it was by passing fake checks and the whole story is him getting chased down. He pretends, you know, he successfully pretends to be a doctor, successfully pretends to be a lawyer. Um, very, very interesting kid. Um, oh my God, you know, but, I love her. I live for a good scam. I'm going to have to watch it right after. Oh my this. God. Catch <laughs> me if you can is, is actually a top shelf movie. Like I'm not just pulling, I, I have a lot of obscure references or I, I shout out a lot of movies from 20 years ago in the show, but that one is very good. Um, and yeah, so that's the premise. It's a true story. This kid was just kind of like passing himself off as whoever he wanted. He's very smart. He was able to use these tools. So in some ways, you know, uh, when, and the reason it's relevant is because what ends up happening to him is he finally gets caught. You know, he has to serve time because he did steal a lot of money, but he mm-hmm. had an offer for a reduced sentence if he helped the FBI uh, look at fake checks and determine like how people were passing fake checks. So he, you know, was like a consultant for the government. So I'm like, like I said, bring this kid in. Yeah. He doesn't need to go to jail. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Bring, bring him to DC, put him in the FBI office and be like, all right, we don't know if this is North Korea. We don't know if this is Iran. We don't know if this is China or this could just be some kid in his bedroom. You seem like you might know, like maybe you could help us out. <laughs> you might have an inkling. Yeah. yeah. Because I think part of the problem that like you're saying like, yeah, we need people who understand tech to be in government to make these decisions. But what I think is people who really understand tech can make so much more money in the private sector that it would be ridiculous for them to work in Washington. You know, there is, this comes up in a lot of industries, you know, people who do environmental regulation or whatever, you know, you can make more money in the private sector, but people do it out of service, quote unquote service. But there is a real like glaring absence of people who know what's going on in tech and government. And I don't know. It, it, I remember I, my recollection is that Obama made a lot of efforts to try and bring people in from tech. And, mm. uh, you know, I don't, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, it was very successful, but I just remember there was a lot of lip service to it. There was a lot of like, let's bring people in so we can understand this thing better. Uh, and I'm not trying to compare those two administrations, but um, I don't hear that effort now. No one's trying to get someone who understands up there to ask the questions. Right. And it's, it's so funny. Cause like looking at this kid's mugshot, I guess, it's like, you know, he's just upset he got caught. Well, like he's, you know, like, yeah. like he looks be. like he's almost like smirking about it. And like, um, he, it would have gone well. And it's like, when I looked up where this happened, it's like, really? In Florida, y'all had to catch him? Don't, don't y'all have like a insane outbreak that's happening? Can't, <laughs> can't we focus on that? Like, no. Nope. Like, you know, there's a one time where I'm like, can we give him a little immunity? Yeah. A little? Co- COVID immunity. COVID that, that, immunity. Yeah. COVID immunity only extends to the president's friends, unfortunately. Ooh. Not to 17-year-olds in Florida. Yikes. But, but, but. Yeah. 
Um, I, yeah, there's, there is a lot to consider there. I'm very intrigued by this young person's story. I'm, I'm going to keep following it because, you know, he's 17, so he can't, the FBI can't press federal charges, I understand, because he's a minor. So I think they're local charges. But I'd like to see how this shakes out because it is the kind of thing where you should just get like a county judge who's like, well, son, I don't know anything about computers, but I know we got a big problem with people's hacking. And it seems like yeah. something about hacking. Maybe I could put you in my district attorney's office and you could do a little bit of counter hacking. That's my impression of a Florida, community service. Judge, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, a little bit of community uh, service and give yes. back what you know. Yes. <laughs> Um, so we are taking other calls, Katiba, but I want to thank you for coming on. This was very enlightening. I've learned a lot. I think our listeners have learned a lot. Um, and I, you know, I'm going to take it easy on Mark Zuckerberg from now. He's just an easy target, man. I don't like easy targets. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's fair to be critical of, of what's happening at Facebook and him as a leader, but you know, it's like, do I really need to like look at a picture of him surfing with too much sunscreen on and, and make fun of him? No, I don't. I think it's smart that he wears sunscreen. He seems fair skinned and vulnerable to skin cancer. And I'm, I'm glad that he's wearing sunscreen. <laughs> and that's how I feel about he's, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> he's so meme worthy. It's amazing. I think I have like yes. a bunch of photos of him in my phone. Just He's a human meme. A human meme. So I'm here to build. Uh, I'm here to be Zuckerberg's defense. I'll call him up. Be like, listen, man. Everybody has a story. Let me. Let me. Let me rebrand you. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I love talking tech and really getting a chance to read an article, which can be yeah. kind of hard sometimes. <laughs> That's true. No, this was great. We'd love to have you on again very soon, Katiba. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Thank you. Bye. Right, have a good night. Bye. You too. Bye. Katiba is just delightful. Mm-hmm. I, you know, every time she comes on, I, it's like I had forgotten from the last time how good she is at breaking these issues down, man. We got to get, we got to get Katiba a contract. Do you think we can compete with her salary at a, at her loss prevention or fraud prevention company she's working with in Silicon Valley? Probably not. Well, considering it's zero point zero zero dollars an hour, probably not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's not a very competitive salary. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know that we were expecting to hear from a couple other parents. So I want to give them a minute uh, to call I, in. I checked able. in with everyone that I have numbers for. Uh, okay. Paul said he was a little busy. So I'm confirming if he's coming on or not. One thing I know about parents, they're always busy. So yes. it would be unreasonable for us to ask, like, oh, what are you busy with? What, you mean just because you got two kids, you can't call into my radio show? <laughs> I mean, yeah. overall, I this has probably that. been the best of our two that we've done. <laughs> the best of our two, yeah. <laughs> That's a high bar. That's a... Well, the first one I thought was really good, especially considering we were just figuring it out as we went. I know, but you know? in terms of, like, guests... Yeah. Yeah, no, that was great. That was really wonderful to have them. And we were able to touch on both topics. Um, while we wait, I want to give... We do have give... some folks watching if you want to... Yeah, let me shout out some folks. Who's I, don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, listen, <laughs> just... let, me give, let me give a group blanket shout out to everybody who's watching us on Facebook Live. You are our lifeblood. Blood. <laughs> Hold on, let me try that again. Love you me. are our lifeblood. 
uh, right now. Thanks for listening and thanks for watching. Uh, it also is like kind of doubly ironic that here we are talking about tech and regulating tech. And it's like, well, watch this on Facebook Live. And, you know, right after that, I'm like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's not such a bad guy. Check us out on Facebook Live. <laughs> It's so a, I'm aware. It's I'm a aware tool of, that we need to reach tool, people with. It's, it's tool. It's evil, but it's necessary. It's necessary evil. Yeah, I mean, the guy who invented Morse code is an asshole, but we needed Morse code for a really long time, and some people still use it. So Samuel Morse, meet meet Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> sure, um, they get on splendidly. Yeah, uh, but yes, thank you to everybody who's uh, oh, watching us on Facebook Paul's Live coming. right now. Paul's coming in. Love it. At the eleventh uh, hour. But, well, you know, you know how it's, it's the eleventh hour. I think that counts. Uh, Paul's actually been on the show talking about being a parent before. He's talking mostly about um, teaching. Yes, that was the last uh, time we saw him. Yeah, the last time we saw him, he was on here talking about how he was like, "I don't remember any of this shit. How am I supposed to teach it to my kid?" I think that was. <laughs> it was math quote. related. Math. Math Something. related. Yeah, you don't use it, you lose it. And he was also saying that the le- like la- math levels are higher now, right? Like the math that you're doing in eighth grade is different. Right. Than what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember sitting with a bunch of my kids back when school was still in session and I was like, they're like, Miss Eming, can you help me? I'm looking I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm looking at. Go yeah. ask your teacher. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Paul is in online one. Nice. And he's currently joining. Paul? Paul, what's going on? Welcome to Margin Call. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. All right, cool. So I'll bring you I'll bring you a little bit up to speed. We are towards the end of the show, so we got to be quick. But I'll let you know who was on. Uh, Tom was here earlier. Terpizi, uh, Pleasanton. Terpizi, Two kids. Terpizi Pleasanton. Uh, his, kid, his kid situation has changed because he's uh, he has a partner. He's engaged. He's getting married in September. Um, and his lady has three kids, also boys. Oh, she got three. He got two. That's five. They have, they have five yeah. kids together. So they were telling Damn, us... he at Charlie level already, huh? He is. He, he upgraded. He upgraded his kid level. Um, so anyway, he was on. He, he was good. You know, he, he and his fiance were both, like, able to talk about the challenges, the solutions. They also took a family vacation. Can you imagine? Family of seven taking a vacation. They flew to Missouri to go uh, to a lake, which is like... I mean, they... They did it safely. They told us, you know, they did all the research. So it's like, you know, uh, that's not an issue. I just mean seven, a family of seven taking a vacation in normal times is crazy. But think about doing it with seven people, all the additional precautions you have to take. They broke that down for us. It was, uh, uh, right. I think somebody, Katiba said that they deserved the Presidential Medal of Freedom for having five boys and taking them on vacation. That's right. That's right. Uh, Russell, speaking of family, your your Uncle Bob says howdy from Wisconsin. Smiley. Hey, hey, what's up, Uncle Bob? Shout Uncle out to Bob. Uncle, Uncle Bob. Bob. Uncle Bob, another dad, raised my two cousins, uh, Connor and Kate, two of my favorite people in the world. Very good dad. Uncle Bob is good at a lot of things. He's good at softball. He's a very talented musician. But I think the best thing he ever did was was being a good dad to both those kids. I shall shout out to Uncle Bob. Thanks for listening. Um, so Paul, uh, break it down. Last time we spoke, you said you were, your kid was doing math. You didn't understand. And you didn't know why you had to be the teacher. So now that what I, is there no school during the summer? What is the summer like with a youngster? What's it like being a dad, uh, in the midst of COVID without any help? Well, some help. I know your mom's helping. Yes. uh, My mom helps a lot. Yes. Shout out to mom. But, uh, it's, 
it's funny because it was kind of like an extension of the summer. You know what I mean? When the kids were first out of school, it was like one, one or one and a half months left of school left. And it was like, okay, we're out of school. And it was like, damn, this is like the summer with no activities already. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, damn, you're forced to watch your kid. You're forced to do the homework. You're forced to do all these things. And then now we're in a, you're in a position where it's like, damn, now I'm more comfortable. Now I'm kind of coming up with my own curriculum for the day. Like, hmm, what am I going to talk to him about today? You know what I'm saying? So it is very, it, it gives your kid, you know, when you send your kids to school, to school, you're sending them into the world where they're going to learn different things. They're going to meet different people. They're not going to be as identify with you as much as they would have if it was only you at home, if it was only you they were doing with. So I think we're getting back to that type of thing. Um, with Paul, it's like, just like we were talking about on the first Zoom when this thing happened, it's like, well, what about kids that can't, don't have iPads? Right. What about the kids whose parents don't go up to the school every day? Or even if the iPad is provided by the school and the teachers, what about the parents are not who aren't coming to pick up the, the things? Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it brings home the issue of, as a Black person in this country, I am very privileged. I am very, I have an education. I have private school education. I got a private institution, college education. I went to an HBCU. All these things are coming into play because it's like, what did I know before I went to school? What was my, what were my parents teaching me about who I am, you know, who I identify with before I went to school, before I was tainted by this outside world? You know what I'm saying? And well, I, I like this idea. One, it sounds like you're rising to the occasion. Like a lot of people probably you're like, you know, we know I'm the teacher now. OK, let me really think about what that means, you know, which is great and commendable to you. And then the other idea, which is my objection to school, you know, I've always been very anti school, you know, just because I'm uh uh, a rebel, I guess you yes. could say, <laughs> because, you know, school is great. And, and I have a lot of respect for teachers. And, you know, I, I went back and got my college degree, whatever. I love school was fine. But my objection was always the intense socialization, right? Like what's happening in school and what ways are we brainwashing kids? And I don't just mean American history. I just mean everything about the way that a person should act. And school is a lot more about regulating behavior. Sit in your desk at this time. Get out of your desk at that time. Don't talk unless you raise your hand. I understand you got to do a lot of crowd control in school but there's also a lot that kind of like if you're a unique kid and you have your own way of doing things there's not really a lot of room for that there so it sounds like and and by extension if you're like a kid of color right there's all kinds of really intense socialization stuff that's going on there you know that's not being mindful of who you are and your background and you know the way that history is taught all those kinds of things it sounds like you're saying silver lining here in some ways your son is saved from some of that trauma that can be associated with education is that kind of kind of right am i on the right track with that yes definitely it's 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 a like i've i've find there are times when i'm like you know, I don't know how to explain this to you. I'm, let me pull up James Baldwin on a YouTube uh, speaking to Cambridge University in 1965 at the debate. That's a guest speaker. You brought in a guest speaker, just like a teacher would. <laughs> um, yeah. But and you're, you're, you you turn to these things that it's like, oh, damn, as I'm listening to James Baldwin's voice, I told Charlie this the other day, I was like, I've never heard James Baldwin's voice. I've never looked up James Baldwin on YouTube. 
He lived till 1987. We were five years old. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? You don't realize these things. You read the books. You know what I'm saying? You hear the quotes. You know, you hear the sayings. But it's like, wow, to hear it from his voice is a very different thing. You know what I'm saying? It, It brings with it, like, yeah, 1965 wasn't that long ago. This is what that country was like. The reason why black people don't have fucking iPads at home is because the laws and yeah. the state and the church were not written for us or any non-white person. And that's the way it was. You know what I'm saying? It's I'm watching shit on YouTube. I watch about the Medici Bank, which is like the Rothschilds in the 1700s. <laughs> Again, these people put Pope, their descendants were Popes, blood. We're, go- we're going back to the papal states where a pope was like a king, nobility. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it. The queen of England, the eighth richest person in the world, still has all her property from when she made money on the Atlantic slave trade, then went home and took over them broke motherfucking Englishmen at home. I pushed Paul, you out the land. Paul, why weren't you my eighth grade teacher? This is the stuff <laughs> oh I needed to hear when I was 13 years old, man. But people I, I, don't think about that. It, it's so funny where we're in a world now with the George Floyd protests and we're tearing down these statues in England. We're tearing down statues on the East Coast in the original 13 colonies of all these slave traders. But we're still watching Rain, a show based on the Queen Mary, Queen of Scots, in um on UPN on Netflix, it, it ran for three seasons. This, if you don't know, the Stewart family was the ones that started the Royal African Trading Company, which sold the most slaves in the transatlantic slave trade. Again, these are the things we're watching. These are the people we admire. I, I this have is to the ask old Paul, reality TV. I have to ask Paul: Are you are you a fan of Rain? Are you watching the Mary Queen of Scots show? I heard it's pretty good. It, all I the, want the, reparations from that bitch too. <laughs> <laughs> I want reparations. That's the title from the queen. of the show. Yeah, hey, you, but it, it all it, it's all connected. So well, I like this idea. I mean, I, I just want to make this quick point because I think this connects to something that has been a conversation in this country long before COVID. Right? A lot of people wanted to homeschool their kids. Right? People say, let's do homeschooling. And I think a lot of the popular opinion about that was kind of kind of negative. People would kind of ridicule it like, oh, you were homeschooled. Like there's something messed up with you. Like either your parents are like, you know, in a cult or, you know, it's like it had to do with somebody's religion or, they're, you know, because you're not gonna- kids were still going outside. This is a time where you talk about kids yeah. were riding bikes. Kids were going to the park. Kids were going. Yeah. They just started building skate parks at this time. Well, well but what now, I'm saying the- is. What I'm saying is just very quickly a defense of homeschool. I'm not saying everybody who homeschools their kids is perfect or anything, but that impulse is it sounds like a very similar impulse that you're having, which is like, what are our kids really getting at school and what can we provide them at home that might be more relevant or might better provide them or prepare them for life in the world? That's the same point I was I was hitting at. When you were a kid in the eighties, your parents told you go outside. Yeah. Go play. Go ride your bike. I don't care. Just get out of my face. Don't turn. No, you can't watch TV. Go outside. They didn't care what you were doing outside. They didn't know you were standing in front of a corner store smoking weed outside. They didn't know these things. Now, we're a culture. We have, we don't have the street corner. We don't have people in the neighborhood. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. This is the street. Instagram is the new corner. So if my kids are only consuming this social, experience 
in on a screen or through my phone or on fucking Fortnite on the Nintendo Switch that is fucking connected to the internet. You're not. <laughs> it, it it creates a thing where it's like, well, I'm looking at what you're doing on the quote unquote street now, and I don't approve. Yeah. So well, it, most of the people that were homeschooled was like, look. I'm doing homeschool for my kids because I know what my school life was like. I know what it was like for me in the streets. I need more. I needed more supervision. I needed more homeness, homeliness. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so that is what what drove people to have homeschooling before. Now your kids aren't getting a social experience at school. Your kids aren't going outside, even though they are allowed to go outside in their neighborhood. So it's a very different thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I get. I like obesity was a problem before MySpace, Facebook, and Instagram. Where are we now? Now we're not talking about obesity. Now we're talking about something else. You feel me? Oh, black people are labeled as criminals, and oh, these protesters are people protesters. Rioting. It's the same way a black man couldn't, a black kid couldn't look at a white woman in the 1920s. Oh, he whistled at my wife. I thought he was going to rape her. I lynched him. It's legal. Well, I think a lot of people have made that comparison. I mean, this is internet relevance, but like that was the rise of the Karen, right? Like the reason that Karen related activity was not harmless. You know, a lot of people are like, ah, you know, whatever, man, let the Karen slide. But the reason it's serious is because there's a long legacy of people making accusations against false accusations against black people, false or not, uh, which led to really dire and disgusting consequences. But I want to make a quick point. Uh, about something you said, which I love, the idea that uh, the internet is the street corner now, uh, because I feel like that's how we end up with people like Takashi Six Nine, right? Like, if the if the internet is the street corner, you don't have to do the things you used to have to do to be on a street corner. And I'm not saying, oh, I wish we could go back to the days when everybody brought a knife and a gun to school. I don't I don't glorify violence, and I you know I don't want to be like a grouchy man who was like, I grew up in the midst of the crack epidemic and everything was terrible, you know, even though that's is true. Um, Um, I just mean there is a different uh, requirement in order to enter into what we used to call uh, the street corner, which now I mean, you know, I guess the studio gangster has been around for a very long time. But now the Internet gangster has really taken everybody out. Um, The the only thing I wanted to make one more point about uh, homeschooling before we uh, before we wrap this up, because you were late, Paul. I'm just kidding. You weren't late. (laughs) He was on time. Paul called exactly on time, which is so <laughs> Paul. Oh, I like, was like, are you yeah. coming? Are you coming? Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 we, were about, yeah, yeah. we were about to wrap it up. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, wrap it up. And then boom, Paul came in. And that's just so Paul. And that's why we love Paul. Um, but homeschooling, you know, one example of homeschooling, someone who we all know and love, Silvano. Right. Silvano and all of his siblings were homeschooled. Obviously, there are different considerations. Not every family can do it. And it does ask a lot of the parents. But, you know, his family was able to his mom was able to homeschool. He's one of the coolest kids I I know. When we met him at 12, 13 years old, you know, he was like, I'm he was in the Boy Scouts. He was learning how to fence. You know, he was going to summer camps where he would perform Shakespeare. You know what I mean? Like we've we've known him longer than 13 years. 13 years was when he came to be an intern at the office. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We knew his father. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. Long before that. Yeah, we right. knew him when he was a baby baby. When when his mom, when he was eight years old, his mom was right. teaching him was teaching him Latin, you know. But you know, Silvano is just a good case study in some of the virtues of homeschooling, which is like not everybody can do it. I'm not saying, you know, get rid of schools. I don't want the teachers union coming at me, but just, you know, and, and there are a lot of other values to school, but I just mean like there are also a lot of values to homeschooling too. And I don't ever want to kind of throw the, the baby out with the bathwater kind of a thing. And I think your example here is a primary example. I think your son is probably gaining a lot more from spending time with you watching James Baldwin videos and having conversations about the slave trade and anything else that's relevant uh, to the world that we live in today than he would be, you know, uh, learning his times tables, you know, with a grouchy old lady. Not that you don't need to learn your times tables because you definitely right. got to learn your times tables, but you know what I mean? It's, it does provide a richer experience. And maybe there's a, you know, we're going to arrive at a world, you know, one, two, three, four, five years from now where there's a new kind of like awareness among parents that like, education doesn't end. You don't just send your kid and be like, all right, good luck. Hope you hope you figure it out. And then they come home and you never talk about it before. Education continues at home. I, I love this idea. Paul coming in the 11th hour with the hot take. I love it. I love it. Let me ask really quickly before we get out of here. Uh, how old uh, is Paul now? Because I don't know. And what 11. grade? Okay. So what grade is he going into? Sixth. He's going wow. in sixth grade. That's a that's a tough it's a tough grade, man. <laughs> sixth grade is the grade. Good that's luck. The, that's the that's the grade. <laughs> he already knows what he's getting. He can just go back and remember what he was doing when he was eleven and be like, right. damn. <laughs> I gotta watch out. But All it right. is it's uh it's it's interesting, especially the the home time. Paul the other day told me we were, I went to the bank with him and he was like, uh, he found my club on the floor and he's like, yeah, we can use this as a weapon. And I'm like, what do you need a weapon for? He's like, you know, just in case the robbers come. And I'm like, remember when he was watching James Baldwin on YouTube the other day? He's like, yeah. Remember when James Baldwin said, while you were cheering for Gary Cooper versus the Indians, you didn't realize that you were the Indians. Wow. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Wow. I was like, so what does that mean? Young he's scholar like, on your hands. He's huh? like, he's like, I'm, I'm an, where are the Indians? I'm like, yeah. So I'm gonna give you another scenario. I said, I said, cops and robbers. Who are we? He said, we're the robbers. I said, why? He said, because even if you're black, you get treated like you're a robber anyway. I said, now you're getting it. Wow. And I said, son, robbers don't get robbed. <laughs> <laughs> But it's interesting, those type of moments where it's like, yeah, home. you need some homeschool. You need a more intimate view of what I go through every day. Yeah. As opposed to what people say I go through every day. Yeah. You know what I'm this, saying? This reminds for me, me of... it's being black, but for other people, it's whatever. You know what I'm saying? Being a stay-at-home dad with a job. Yeah. Juggling, whatever. Yeah. Right. The job and the home at homeschooling and on the Zoom meeting at the job. But right. It's yeah. all of it. I'd like to quote one of my favorite internet videos of the past 10 years. I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was like a, a white kid getting kicked out of class. He had like long blonde hair and you could tell he kind of went to like a hood type school and he was like getting ready to tell off the teacher. But everything he said to tell off the teacher was so right on. Do you remember this? He's like, you got to touch their freaking hearts. Do you remember this kid on the internet? I'm going to look up this video and send you a link because this kid 
was like my hero, man. It was like, this is what I wish I had said to my class. He's like, you can't just, you know, give a kid a, a paper and have them fill it out. And, you know, like you, you got to touch their freaking hearts. So I think if we're going to use a headline here, maybe I would use, you got to touch their freaking hearts. I'm not getting down on teachers. I love teachers. I know I have a lot of teachers in my life. I know a lot of teachers. I also know teachers are a lot cooler and a lot better now than they were when I was a kid. And I had a narrow experience. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, oh, teachers are whack. I just mean like, you know, as Hillary Clinton would say, when she stole this from an African proverb, takes a village. You don't just, <laughs> you, don't just you don't just send your kids to school and hope they figure it out. You know what I mean? Education is a holistic thing, and I, I'm very happy to hear that that's the approach you're taking. And you know, if, uh, I'll be the one to say it. Little Paul's lucky to have you, man. Little Paul's lucky to have Big Paul. <laughs> thank you, thank you. He's in good hands. All right, Paul. Thank you for calling in. Say what's up to the young one and to your mom for me, and uh, we'll have you back on soon. All right. I will. I will. Bye, Paul. All right. Take care. Bye, Paul. Thank you. Paul, 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 coming through in the 11th hour, coming in hot, coming in spicy, hot, coming in like a spicy tuna roll. I love it. (laughs) Spicy tuna roll. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, that was good. I really I like that idea only because it's very what he's saying is very different from what I hear from most people. And I know this is very valid, right? If you're a parent right now, you're overwhelmed. So you're just like. I know that it might not be safe for kids to go back to school, but it's so hard to have this responsibility. I'm working and everybody's situation is different. So I'm not knocking parents, but it is very nice to hear Paul say, you know what? I have an opportunity to teach my kid what he needs to learn. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to touch their freaking hearts. Do you remember that video? (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't No, I do not. There's not that one particular. There's been other random videos like that, but not that one. Can we, how about this? This is a technical question. If Mm -hmm. I send you the link to this YouTube video, can you play the audio of it on the show a little bit, or maybe as an outro, like just him saying, I can, freaking hearts. I can try. Oh, you mean you're the best. He means the best. All right. Uh, Eming is the best. Also the best is every single person who's listening right now. Everybody who's on Facebook Live. Uh, Big shout out to all you guys, whoever's still on there. Thanks for hanging in there with us. This was a great show. I was Mm -hmm. very happy to have them on. Yeah. Yeah. This worked out very well. I think think a a full convergence. I think (laughs) that's exactly how to describe it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. As Bill O'Reilly would say, I've quoted a lot of people. I've quoted Hillary Clinton. I've quoted Bill O'Reilly. I guess maybe I'll leave it there. No Drake references today. You're welcome. (laughs) We still have 30 seconds, so there might be a a Drake reference. Okay. Yeah. Wait for it. Uh, wait but for, yeah, wait I, for it. Wait I, I really want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank again uh, Tom and his fiance who came onto the show. That was a fantastic way to start. Mm-hmm. Katiba, lovely as always. And Paul, who better to end with but Paul? I know. Why not end with Paul? We must. I feel like we should always just have Paul's corner and just have Paul come on. I mean, he, Although, he does drop some gems. He drops gems. That guy's a, he's just, every time he opens his mouth, it's a pull quote. Everything he says is just a pull quote. I keep saying uh, you two, you two should have a show together. I think that would be the, yeah, like, I think me, show. And Paul, me and Paul would be good. We'll, we yes. might be able to figure that out. Um, although I guess we can't call it Paul's Corner because we there's already a Marlin's Corner. <laughs> we don't want to be competing with Marlin's uh, Corner. Paul's... I don't know. I can't can't think of a good word right now. Speaking of Marlon, by the way, let me give a quick shout out to Geek Force for giving me a shout out on Geek Force. Oh, you heard? Even though, even though I can't, 
technically. Well, <laughs> yes, that's fair. But you know, I like it even since I'm not really technically allowed on that show because I don't know enough. That is it's nice. It's nice to have. That is uh, not what's going on. It's nice to have my. Um, it's nice to have my name mentioned, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's good to just, good to be thought of. You are not uh, banned. I don't know yeah. why you keep things saying I'm just that. kidding. I have to do my homework. Those guys have standards. That's fine. I'll, I'm going to do my homework. But I, I will say that the shout out was specific. And for our listeners, if you didn't hear this, go back and check out the Geek Force episodes. Very good, as all Geek Force episodes are. Um, they're talking about console wars. But, but you know, they, they talk about everything. It almost doesn't matter what they talk about because they're just, you know, funny and smart group. But I got a shout out early on because, uh, you know, Marlon came in and was firing shots. Marlon came in with a controversial opinion, which, I, you know, I didn't know was not the culture of that show because I was the first one, apparently, who came in with a controversial opinion. And somebody said... I think was it you, Amy, who said, "Is he the is he the new Russell of the I show?" Said, I said, "Are you trying to be like Russell or something?" Okay, like are you trying? It's something like, "Are you the new Russell?" Right, uh, which is very funny because he came in with uh, a controversial opinion, and the only person they ever had on there with a controversial opinion was me, apparently, which is crazy. But Were, that's fine. You're technically the first guest of Geek Force. No, Matt was a guest on Geek Force. My brother was a guest on Geek Force. Remember that? It was an early episode. No, that was Margin Call. I thought it was Geek Force. Well, oh, maybe it was Margin. You never had. Right. You're the only guest on Geek Force. All right. Well, I'm honored that to have been the only guest on Geek Force. But I will say, you should. Be like, I was make a little patch. I, I would say I was. I was. I think unfairly maligned uh, in in Marlon's response because he said he, you know, he's like, I'm not, you know, Russell's the old me. I'm not the new Russell. He said. I'm Earth 616 and, you know, Russell's Earth 472, you know, which is like, okay, fine. Deep cut, right? Like you want to insult me and you want to insult me in a language that like you think I'm not going to understand. That's fine. All right. But Earth 616 is just not a deep cut. You know what I mean? That's just the Marvel universe. Everybody knows that, especially now that everybody watches Marvel. But the only thing I didn't like about that mention was that Kat said, you know, Russell probably wouldn't even get that. Did you hear that part right after that? He yes. said, I'm, I'm Earth 616. He'd be like, oh, you know, uh, uh, he's not even going to get that. Can you, the, the, the assumption, I, I'm being geeksplained here. I've been, I've, been, <laughs> I've been geeksplained out of the room that people would think I didn't know what Earth 616 is. Just because I don't walk around, you know, showing off my credentials and knowledge all the time doesn't mean I don't know little things like what Earth 616 is. Um, but I think, I mean, if you're really going to do that comparison, I think that uh, I would be Earth 616 and Marlon's kind of like maybe like an Earth 1999999999, whatever the, the Marvel Cinematic Earth number is. Just because, you know, Earth 616 is like the holistic, the deep cut. It like draws on every alternate universe or every possible, you know, uh, and, and Earth 199999 is just like the generic Marvel Cinematic version that manufactured a bunch of new generic nerds who never liked comic books before. So I would like to think of myself as Earth 616, and I would posit that Marlin would be Earth 1999999. You are but, both special in your own ways. That's true. That's true. I like Marlon a lot. I do. Marlon's Corner is great. I, do. I mean, I, I hope that they saw the video of me trying to do my Marlon impression. It oh, yes. Yes. They saw it. They saw it. Okay, good. Yep. I'm, I'm sure it was Marlon was very confused because sure was, he said Kat said way more. So he doesn't know why he was being targeted. 
Um, well, you know, it's kind of like um, when when Tupac was beefing with Biggie, you know, he would like he would save a verse for Mob Deep. He would like, he would like oh, hold on. Also, Mob Deep, you know, because he wanted to bring everybody in. And he would also like mention Junior Mafia. Like he wouldn't say all Junior Mafia, you know. But so, you know, I like to think of it that way. Um, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't say shots fired, although now officially I think shots are fired because he's the one telling me I'm Earth 472, some made up ass, you know, alternate comic book universe that doesn't exist. And he's 616. Imagine the ego someone has to have to compare themselves to Earth 616. And after that, I'm going to say, I'm the real Earth 616. <laughs> Only an egomaniac would compare themselves to Earth 616. <laughs> uh, yes. Shout out as always to our, our fam. Uh, over at our sister show, Geek Force. I'm going to try and get on. My new idea is this. Talked to my brother last night, you guys. Uh, as you know, Matt, big comic book guy. Um, and he, I mean, really all geek stuff, but really, really hardcore comics guy. Uh, we both like Bane a lot, just as a mm. character in general. And mm-hmm. he told me about this new Harlequin cartoon show. That's, HBO. Uh, is it HBO that's, that's well, running? It was on the DC network, but it's on. It's I, I saw the first episode or two. It's interesting. Okay. Well, he said he really liked it. And he's usually like, you know, I trust his judgment on stuff like that. Because he'll tell me like, oh, skip this one. You know, he's the one who tells me what I should mm-hmm. go see. Yeah. He's, he's the one who dragged me back into the Marvel Universe by making dragged me Dragged you. Come back to the Infinity like, Wars. <laughs> no, he pulled me in on Thor Ragnarok. He's like, listen, oh, dude. I know that- he's like, I know you haven't watched a Marvel movie in a while, but That's Thor Ragnarok is so good. He didn't even... He didn't even ask me first. He like he picked me up at the train, like I was in LA taking the subway, and he picked me up at the subway, and we were supposed to. Who knows what our plans were? We thought we were gonna hang out at the house, and he's like, "Thor Ragnarok starts in ten minutes," and we just drove straight to the theater. And he put me in the seat for Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I'm glad he did because it was a very good movie, and uh, mm-hmm. he brought me back. He brought me back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Thank you. He brought me back to Marvel or uh, to Earth one nine 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 nine. But can you name all the Infinity Stones? Bro, that's that's, <laughs> that's that's basic. That's is so it, corny. Is it? Is it though? It's still important. It's not. It's important. I'm not saying it's not important, but that to me is like very surface level. Oh, like surface. Book knowledge. Blah 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 blah. It is. There's memes about it. As long as kids are on Instagram talking about Thanos's glove, I'm kind of just like, you know what? I want the deeper cuts. You know what? I bought. You know, I'm going to come on. I'm going to do an all comic books episode, and I'm going to talk about how I just got all the back issues of Tank Girl, and I'm reading every issue of Tank Girl this week. Okay, and if that's not a deep enough cut to get me on geek force i don't know what is <laughs> your ego severely bruised with this geek force drama I, swear to it, I mean I, it is. feels like it is <laughs> well i just you know what it is it's like they got a cool thing going and i'm the guy who's i can't like, just hey, be happy with what you have is this well, not good enough know, for you I'm, is this not good enough for you it is good enough i just mm. you know I like, I like those guys i want to hang out with them and, and you know it, sometimes people get their, their feelings hurt a little bit you know it's just like hey guys what are you up to don't worry about it you wouldn't get it you know <laughs> he didn't say that i'm well, just kidding cat sort of did but <laughs> i'm just kidding shout out to everybody at geek forest love y'all uh, the latest episode was great obviously my favorite part was at two minutes and 32 seconds when i got a shout out but i listened oh, God. but but i listened i listened to the whole thing and oh my God. yet again geek force comes through it was a great episode uh, so shout out to them Thanks again to all of our listeners. Eming, thank you for managing a lot today. Actually, you have a lot more responsibilities than usual. Yes. Live. Um, but I appreciate okay, it. Though. 
uh, and all you guys, so many people on Facebook Live. This is, I think we're going to start doing this as a regular feature. Let us know what you think. Send us a message. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want. Let us know what you think about these uh, live episodes. Let us know if you'd like to be a guest or a caller. That's fine. Hit us up. Even if you just want to send something from the chat, that's fine. Or send uh, a meme. Send a meme that Russell can analyze for 20 minutes. Yeah, send a meme that I can analyze. It's really one of my favorite <laughs> pastimes. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks again to all of our guests. Uh, that's it for today. Until next time, quest on, everybody. I'm telling you what you need to do. You want kids to come in your class? You want them to get excited for this? You got to come in here. You got to make them excited. You want a kid to change and start doing better? You got to touch his freaking heart. Can't expect a kid to change if all you do is just tell him. This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.